0: There are people that go, you know, oh, you know, the the jeans with the rips, oh, that's a bit high on the thigh. Some people think that that's fine. Who's right that people ask those questions? People go, oh, okay, you know, as a Christian, you shouldn't drink. And then some people go, well, well, you can drink a little bit, but, you know, it's on a conviction. And and who's right? Who sits in the middle? You know, there are people that look at other people's Instagram and go, I would not do that. There are people that look at other people's children and go, oh, I wouldn't do that. But in the midst of every situation and every person's context, the question that we all really ponder is how do you live well for God? In a world that's changing, in a world that's moving all around us, I want to be a person that lives well for God. I want to lead a community that does the same, full of people that as individuals you live well for God. But there's questions. There's different opinions. You know, I even think about growing up in the church and I love talking to people and and based on what they love seems to be their drive. Now, these are all good things, but there are people that go, that church should be all about the word. Amen. Oh, wow. That was an average amen. (laughs) Church should be about the word. Amen? Amen. That's the point right there. That was scarily quiet. But then people say, you know, church has got to be about the music and encountering the power of God. Amen. And then there are people that go, church needs to be all about community. Amen. Amen. They're all good things. But from the premise that we want to encounter God well, to live well for Him and honour Him. See, I want to talk out of the book of Romans today. You can put up the first slides there. It's not there. Everything has changed. Great, great title, isn't it? But my little subtitle is really my point. I probably should have, in hindsight, I should have flipped them around, actually. But the whole thing is Paul's answer in Romans is how do you live well? How do you, in a world that's changing, in a world that is, uh, is forever changing the scope of what's okay and what's not, I don't care what the world thinks, I want to know what God wants for my life and I want to live according to that. Well, Paul's answer is by a Spirit-led life. A life that's led by the Holy Spirit. A life that as you walk and as you do life, you allow room, you allow Him to guide you, you allow Him to bring conviction so that we live a life that's pleasing to God. Can we pray this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, speak to us today. Help us, Lord, to be able to live lives that that please you. I want to please you, Father. Father. Please help us to live spirit-led lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So the book of Romans is a cool book. It's an interesting scenario. And let me share with you a little bit of the context of what's going on. If you you want to turn in your Bibles to around Romans chapter 8. Not around. I don't know why I said around. It's going to be Romans chapter 8. Like I know where we're going. We're going to move a little bit, but it'll be in 8. Chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. But what's going on is Paul is writing a letter. I love letters uh, that are written in the Old Testament because they're not letters as what we think about it. He writes a letter and then someone goes and reads it out loud to a community. So there's a few reasons why Paul is writing Romans. One of them is, is that he wants to launch a missionary endeavour into Spain and Rome would be a great community at which he would be able to use it as a launch pad to be able to move out I- into Spain. Also, uh, you know, he, he is the apostle to the Gentiles. So having the the uh, endorsement of a Gentile church like, like the one in Rome would be incredible, but also at the same time for them to make sure... You know that they have his endorsement by his theology and his leadership and his understanding of what it is to have the gospel of Jesus Christ that both make sense. He's writing a letter uh, for that reason to begin a relationship, but there's also disunity within the church. You see, what happens is Paul, in, in later on in, in the, the book of Romans fourteen fifteen, he's addressing the strong, which is the Gentile majority within the community, and he's addressing. The weak, which is the Jewish uh, part of the community uh, that, that are there. And uh, he's addressing the friction because there's a bit of... that One of them wanted to live very traditional. The Jewish people, hey, you got to remember the law. We believe in Jesus, but this is how you uphold the moral conduct of life through our traditions, through the way that, you know, the Old Testament, this is the way we've got to live. Where the Gentiles uh, because of uh, different reasons, which I'll share with you. They go, no, we don't need to do that. And, you know, and there's a bit of... You you know toing and froing about circumcision and Paul is writing to bring unity back to the community and in the middle he presents the theology around being led by the spirit around how to live a life that is pleasing to God Romans is a cool book that addresses how to live I want to share that with you this morning can we do that let's have a look at Romans Eight. God is good. Amen. So, in the midst of all of this infighting, see, let me explain to you. I'll go a little bit further. Give me two more minutes. So, this is why this is why it's unfolded the strong and the weak. You see, what happened is we don't know exactly how Romans, uh, uh, the church, came to be. Um, a lot of scholars believe, and it makes sense to me as well, is that there were guys that were present uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 10, uh, the Pentecost, and they received the Holy Spirit. And then potentially they've moved to Rome for business endeavours. It's the big smoke. There's a lot of opportunity going on there. So what happens is being spirit-filled, here in the Great Commission, they move to Rome, they start a church, they're making disciples. Amen. But what happens is there is a Caesar. Yeah, an emperor his name is Claudius, and 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 it's in AD forty nine. What happens is there's all of this disturbances going on in Rome because of Christians who love Jesus, and because of Jews, and there's fights. In fact, that they says that there's rioting. Right? It's like two, you know, when two soccer clubs come together and the fans and they fight and it causes turmoil everywhere. This is what was happening in Rome between the Jews and the Christian community, and it's causing such riots and such a mess that that the, the Caesar, the, the emperor, kicks all of the Jews out of Rome, kicks them all out. So what's happened is a church that has been started in Rome, that its founders were based on Jewish tradition, Jews that have come. The foundation is there and they've got disciples and made disciples that are Gentile. What's happened is it's been a Jewish-led community. All of a sudden they're all out and it's, it's just Gentiles. There's Gentiles in this community. And over the five years that they are kicked out of Rome, the church explodes. The church absolutely explodes. Now, five years later, Claudius, the emperor, he passes away and they're allowed back in. Now, they come walking back into a situation where everything is changed. They were the majority, the Jewish traditional value guys, believing you've got to live by the law and, and, and the law is how you live a moral life. You need Jesus, but the law is still important. But now you've had these Gentile uh, disciples raise up. They go, no, 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 we're saved by faith. Uh, it's genuine, it's restorative, that's how we live. And then there's this fighting going on between, but yeah, if it's just about grace, how how do you live a moral life? If it's just about grace, what's going to happen with the way that you live and you conduct yourself? So between the two parties, Paul begins to write and goes, it's not about the law. The law's a good thing because what happened is the law revealed to us our sinfulness. You see, because the law was really good, it brought into the light our sin. So the law is a good thing. But because of Jesus, we live a different way. We live by a Spirit-led life. And he begins to share this, that, that as you live a life that is led by the Spirit, as you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you by default, you live a godly life. That actually lines up with the traditions you're trying to hold on to. See, it's in the middle. There were these guys that go, it's all about freedom. These guys, you know, what about the the, the rules? And in the middle, he says, No, if you're guided by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, you'll live a godly life. And that's where we land in Romans 8. And it says this in verse 1, therefore. Then let me just quickly talk about the therefore for a minute. The therefore means that there was something he said before. He did. See, what happens is in verse 7, he's talking very simply and very quickly about the law and sin. And the problem with the two. He says this pretty much with sin. He says we can't as humans stop doing it. We can't stop. And he says, and the problem with the law is the law can't help us to be in right standing with God. Because we can't stop sinning, therefore we can't fulfil the law, therefore we can't be in right standing with God, and therefore there was another way. At the end of verse seven seven, it says in twenty five, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's the answer. How do you overcome sin and law? Well, you do it because of Jesus Christ. And then we land in verse 8 because of Jesus Christ, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. If you go to the next point, it says there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ. I love this thought. We've overcome sin. We've overcome sin. The power of sin we're not held bound by sin because we have Jesus and in Jesus now there is no condemnation in God he made a way for us to have a relationship with our heavenly father I love there that when you look at it it says sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh You see, God sent his son to be fully man, but fully God. Fully man, as in he was like us, but fully God. He did not sin. Making a way for us to be restored to God and his power. You know, I absolutely love no condemnation in Christ because it talks about justification. You see, there's there's two schools in the theology that, that, that either the justification came that because the Holy Spirit is now in us, that gives us the ability to obey the law or because Christ died a sinless life for us and now that we are in Him, God looks at us and sees that the law has been fulfilled because of Jesus Christ. Either way, it points to we've been justified through faith in Jesus Christ. If you look at this, it means we have a relationship with God. The first step, I believe, in living a spirit-led life is that you walk with God. You pursue a relationship with Him. Jesus made a way that we were able to do so. And my prayer this morning is that you take a hold of it. We get to walk with God. We get to enter the throne room. I love that song we sang. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. I get to walk into the throne room and be in the presence of the creator of the universe, the judge of all, and be looked at through the fact that Christ is in me, the Holy Spirit is in me. And have no condemnation. God doesn't see what I was bound by. He sees what set me free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Spirit led life. Walk with my God. Walk with your God. Pursue Him. Be consistent. Go after Him. A genuine relationship that is wanted, is desired. Pursue God. Walk with God. And He will lead you. It then goes on to say in verse 5, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Amen. Amen. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God and does not submit to the law, nor can it do so. Wow. See, walking with God, if you go to the next slide, thank you. It talks very clearly that you're given a new mindset and you have changed desires. It says, those that live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But you see, when you encounter Jesus Christ, there's a shift and there's a change in your world. There's a change in your mindset and you begin to desire what the Spirit desires for your life. A Spirit-led life is a Spirit-led filter. And you know what I love about Paul is he's consistent and he wrote about this topic in Galatians chapter 5. And it says this in Galatians 5.18, But those who are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. See, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Now here we go. This is talking about the first mindset right here. The mindset that is set on what the flesh desires. It says this, The acts of flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, fractions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before. That those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whoa. Now, when I read this as a Christian, we've all been there, we go, Well, I don't have sexual immorality. And see, everyone's too scared to laugh. They're like, Oh. (laughs) Impurity. But when you think about it, there's jealousy in there. You know, I get challenged, I'm a human being. I love camping. My sister's never been once. A few weeks ago, she bought the caravan on the spot that I've been dreaming about my whole life. She's never been camping once. I said, Lord, let them hate it and sell it to me real cheap in Jesus' name. Yeah, it was the eagle. Couldn't believe it. But I hope they love it. We'll go with them and then we'll borrow it when they don't use it. Amen. But here's the thing. That's not my mindset anymore. Fits of rage. I'm a young man. How many people in this room, without raising hands, maybe potentially, struggle with dropping their bundle? Lots of people laughed, and lots of people are too scared. There's the dudes that are not moving, looking forward like this, I see you. <laughs> Selfish ambition. Dissension, how do you talk about the guys that lead you in your workplace? It says, I warn you. See, this right here is the first mindset that he's talking about in Romans chapter eight. He's talking about the mindset that is on the flesh. But then it says, but those who are in the spirit, which is us, says that there's a different desire. And let's have a look. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, joy. Peace, forbearance or patience, depending on your version. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there are no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We've got rid of it. We've crucified it. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another to envy. You see, I want to encourage you to think about your mindset shift this morning. What's your filter? What's coming out of you? Because if you live by the Spirit, there is a different produce that comes out of you. There's love, not envy. There's patience, not fits of rage. Check your filter this morning as we live a life that is led by the Spirit. I thank God that we've been given new desires. It says this, going on to verse 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however are not in the realm of the flesh, hallelujah, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give your mortal bodies uh, life because of the spirit that lives in you i love this because this is simply i have sweaty hands There was no way i could get the wipe done without saying that this is very simply what that portion is saying but because of jesus making a way with no condemnation, a new mindset. It's saying that one day we're going to be raised again with Jesus. You see, what happens is because of sin, we will experience death, but because of the spirit that is in us, the spirit that is in you, you will one day be raised together again with Jesus. Victory is coming. And then he says, therefore. I think he does. So because there's no condemnation in Jesus, because you've been given a new mindset, because one day you will be raised again with Christ, therefore, brothers and sisters, that's you and me, we have an obligation. But it's not to the flesh. To live in accordance to it. For if you live in accordance to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, You put to death the misdeeds of the body, amen, and you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. What was that song we just sang today? I am a child of God. Do you know the evidence that you're a child of God that I'm about to read is evidenced by the fact the Holy Spirit leads your life. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves that you live in fear again. Do you know that the Holy Spirit leading you does not make you a slave, but actually it brings freedom, it brings life, it brings peace, it brings abundance to your world. It says the Spirit you received does not make you slaves, that you should live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption and sonship. And we get to cry, Abba, Father, God, Daddy. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit, that we are the children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. Verse 14, for those were led by the spirit of the children of God can I share a testimony with you this week about being spirit-led there isn't there isn't anything over complicated about being spirit-led make room listen Recognise that Jesus has done the work for you to have the relationship. It's now in you. It's for you. If God is for you, who can be against you? The mindset has shifted, but now we need to let God lead our lives with your convictions, with what you do. Do you know there are people in this room that you're going to walk into situations and you're going to feel the Holy Spirit prompt you. You shouldn't be doing that. I am one that often will speak before I've had time to process Jordan laughs. He sees a lot of it. You should have laughed louder, April. But we're all on the same journey. I'm learning to allow the Holy Spirit to guide me by being in his word, by writing my devotional life down. And being deliberate about listening. Do you know, a few weeks back, I went out with a big community of people, and, and um, they're, they're an incredible bunch of people, and there was a person speaking who had been incredibly influential. This person that I'm talking about will go down in history, and we will know this person for what they've done. And they're asking questions. And I looked around at the 20 leaders, and I was the only one writing notes. And I thought to myself, man, this guy is dropping principles that can change my life. And I'm the only one that is going to think about it later and remember what was said because I'm writing notes. Who wants to hear from God but spends no time writing down what he says to you? We have to learn to be spirit led in every situation. Do you know an example? And I want to honour this man is Pastor John Graham. Uh, let, let me just explain to you a little testimony and then I want to show you a quick video and then Daniel will get you to come up. There, There is a community group that now uses our Hope Centre. They're called Big Group Hug. I said Big Hug Group because I like that better. But it's Big Group Hug. They, they see up to 7,000 families a year. Let me explain to you what they do. This is what we are supporting. We are giving them that space at a very affordable rate because of the generosity of this community. But what they do is that if people come in and they're, they're uh, we have 170 people move to our area a week, there's a lot of immigration. Uh, this area is also known for high levels of domestic violence. So there's great need for what they do. But there are families that have children and they can't transport their children because they have no car seats. Or their children have no place to sleep. They have no cots. They have no porter cots They don't have clothing for these children. They don't have uh, toys for these children. Well, what happens is government organisations, caseworkers and the like, and people can come to this company... They can say, "Hey, this person requires a bed. This person requires some clothing." And those kids don't miss out because of the generosity of what the big group hug do, and we partner with them as we are influential in the community by supporting them, walking with them, praying for them. We get to help people. We have an opportunity to be a great influence. On Thursday? Was it Thursday? Friday? Thanks, Johnny. One of them days, it was incredible. They had their grand opening. Channel 7 came. Channel 9 came. We had the leader of the state um, government, the leader of the opposition, Matthew Guy. It's so funny. I got him on video and I panicked and forgot his name. <laughs> and then there was that awkward pause. But John had my back. He said something and i have show you on the video. I edited it out. <laughs> so it looks smooth. <laughs> Could do that. But I mean, really, you can see the panic. You'll see the panic in my eyes. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. But the thing is, is that the only reason they're there is because Pastor John couldn't let it go in his spirit. You see, they had moved from a smaller building and they had outgrown it. But for them to take a hold of our building without them realising it, they call it a calculated risk. We know it was a step of faith and we knew that we were going to support them. But the thing is, too many times they were overwhelmed by the process. And I said to John, move on. He said, Charles, I can't let it go. There's something in me. I feel God has spoken. We have to keep processing. We have to keep processing. And then as I stood in the Hope Centre on Friday, seeing media everywhere, these people celebrating, these people coming up to Pastor John and myself, saying, thank you for believing in us. Thank you for keep going. And in that moment, I'm like, it's all me. No, I was not. Of course not. I said, we're just vessels. I said, do you know that? And I talked about Rosa. Rosa. Rosadora, who left a sum of money for us to get that building. I talked about, I even think about God's timing. If we hadn't have done the upcycle shop, it never would have lined up in order for them to move in, in order for us to have an influence. You see, because one of our pastors was led by the Spirit, a miracle unfolded. And we get to be a part of it. We get to pray for these people. We get to walk with these people. Because of these people, we were introduced to politicians And I believe that God will work it for his kingdom. As the church prays for and loves community, we fulfill the gospel. We've invited them to church. We pray for them. We love them. We support them. But it's only happened because we've been spirit led. So Dan, I want to invite you up. If you turn to the screen, have a quick look at this video. Hey Unihill, uh, John and I are just having a conversation. Oh, a uh, about reaching community. And here comes back your guy right here. So, yeah. so... Uh, hold this thought. That's just, uh, that's just uh, Matthew Guy. Sorry. Um, so we've had uh, the opening of Big Group Hug uh, in our building. We've got Matthew Guy here. should be here. Channel 7's here. Channel 9. Channel 9 yeah. is yeah. here as well. Whatever. So if, awesome. if this isn't reaching community. We don't know what is. I don't know what is, but we've got people doing tours through the warehouse, people fantastic. here. It's just incredible what God is doing. It's and it's simply about being a vessel, isn't it? That's it, mate. To you. And when a centre for hope, the Hope Centre, took a chance on a small grassroots, determined, growing charity and supported us to move into a space as magnificent as this, something that I I don't know how to explain to you, when you start something from your porch and it then turns into this. Um, and in particular to the, the team for taking a massive, massive investment in us and showing us so much support and we just, we could not have kept going without you so that's not an understatement. That's uh, awesome. Angela is a visionary and she's helping <laughs> us help communities. so pray for her. That's you guys, we're just here at the Big Hug Group opening Matthew, any message to encourage our church? Faith, charity and hope. That's the message of Christ. And look at what this is. The big group hug here today is charity to so many different people. That's the importance of faith and that's why it is so powerful in everyone's life. Can we give God a hand of praise just for a moment? You're a part of that. You're a part of that. God's using us. God's given us something. But see, that's just one miracle of many as we're led by the Spirit. My prayer for you is very simple. Recognise Christ has done the work. He's made a way. There's no condemnation in those that are in Christ. He's made a way for us. And by doing that and having the Holy Spirit, you've been given a new mindset. One challenge that I leave you with this morning is which desire do you follow? And if you were to go home and read Galatians 5 and use that as your filter, I've been using that as my filter. I want God to lead me, I want the Spirit to lead me, and I want the produce of that to come out of my life. God is good. Because of Christ making a way, because of a new mindset, I'll be raised with Him. And therefore, I have no obligation to the flesh, but I live a life that is Spirit-led. What's God asking you to do? spoke to a person in our community this morning. He said, as I sat in a service a few months ago, I felt the Lord speak to me. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear God speaking to you through His Word. The Holy Spirit needs to lead you and your conduct. Very, very simply this. That if something is leading you and it doesn't line up with the Word, it's not the Spirit of God. Which means you need to know your Word. It's not easy. In fact, if we were to really look at at society going to get harder, but be Spirit-led anyway, because there'll be miracle after miracle for God's glory in this place as we live a Spirit-led life. There are people in here, struggles with your family, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. There are people in here that need finance, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. There are people that need wisdom around their study, career direction, their children, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. But it won't be easy. I want to invite the whole band to come. But as the Spirit guides you, it says this, for those that are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Jesus, Him, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children. The Spirit that leads you testifies that you are the sons and the daughters, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. But I love how Paul has a great understanding that living a life that is Spirit-led is not easy. The Spirit may require you to say things and do things, miss out on things that may cause you suffering. That's being a light. It's not about being popular. It's about having Holy Spirit power. But this is the hope that he closes the portion of Scripture with. It says, if indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. Spirit-led life may be hard, but we'll one day walk in his glory. Amen. Could we stand for a moment? We're going to do two things. First thing that we're going to do is we're going to just close our eyes across this place. We're we're going to allow time uh, in a moment. But with every eye closed, what I was challenged on, and if I was challenged on it, I believe that there are other people here is is pretty pretty direct for what spirit leads you. If you were to judge it by what comes out of your life, We are not slave to sins, we've been set free from sin. We walk in in the restoration that comes through Jesus. Therefore there is no obligation to death, to sin, to flesh, but it says put to death the misdeeds of the flesh, put them away so that we can live a spirit led life that honours God. So with every eye closed, this is for privacy, not for religion. I want no one looking around. If there are people that feel that they need a shift in their mindset today, would you quickly raise your hand up so I can see and then you can pop it down so I can pray for you. Do that now. Go. Yep. 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 The next question I ask is who wants to make a declaration this morning that they want to live a life that's led by the Holy Spirit. If that's you, raise your hand. Hallelujah. Why don't you keep those hands high right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, that Your answer to living a life that honours You and that by default helps us to live a godly, righteous life is a life that is led by Your Holy Spirit. I just pray for every person with their hand raised today. Holy Spirit, You'll speak to them afresh. You'll speak to them in a new way. As we sing this song, just for a moment, let this song be our prayer. We are Your children. We are co-heirs with Christ because as we live a Spirit-led life, it testifies with our spirit that we are sons and daughters of God, living a life that is... Spirit led in Jesus' name, amen. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken.